In the modern era, has religion become too filled with fear, wrathful images of God, and darkness? Have loving personalities like Jesus become too humanized and recreated in our image to be more prejudiced, hateful, and divisive? Is God an angry deity who's waiting to punish those who don't hold or adhere to a certain set of beliefs? In this episode of the Mind's Eye Podcast, we are going to cover all of these topics and more as me and my guest Paul Claver discuss the life and teachings of Jesus from the Arantia book. Stay tuned. Blessings, everyone, and welcome to the Mind's Eye Podcast. I'm Paul James Caden, and today on the show, we are going to be talking about the life and teachings of Jesus in the Arantia book. And joining me on today's show is Mr. Paul Claver, who is the administrator of Stories of Jesus on Facebook. It's a great um, little illustrated stories of uh, Jesus. And I would recommend uh, taking a look at those. I will leave a link to his page in the podcast description. But uh, welcome to the podcast, Paul. Thanks for making time to do this. It's my pleasure, Paul. Thank you very much for inviting me. So I I guess we'll begin because there's always new people uh, coming aboard and listening to the show. Uh, and quite a few people, I've, I've done shows about the Arantia book in the past, and they're familiar with what it is, or avid readers of the Arantia book, but some people may be saying, you know, what are these guys talking about? What the heck's the Arantia book? So, in, in, in your words, uh, what exactly is the Arantia book? Ah, that's a question, Paul. What is the Arantia book? That's a difficult question to answer, too. But to me, the Arantia book is a must-read for anyone that is searching for truth, searching for looking to believe in God. Not that I didn't believe in God before the Arantia book, but once I had found the Arantia book, I was much more convinced that there was a God. I always, uh, My biggest problem with... with the Urantia book was understanding how God can be my father. And now I understand how God can be the father as he is the, you know, of my soul. And that is the embryo of my spiritual being. So, you know, I'm on the wagon. I believe in God and, and I got to thank the Urantia book for it. Yeah, it, it really is an interesting book. And one of the things I like about it is the the positive aspect of the nature and character of God and Jesus. You don't you don't find the wrath and the hellfire and the brimstone. You know, God is love. It talks about a lot about the uh, the brotherhood of you know man, and uh, you know that brotherhood extends all the way you know into you know the life beyond this world. You know. Uh, Jesus is our brother, the, the angels, all the people in the, the spirit world where God resides. 
And and that's something you don't, uh, I mean, you hear about it in religion, you know, organized religion or, you know, people who really study the Bible. Uh, but you don't hear about it a lot. It seems to be eclipsed with a lot of the wrath of God and right. um, people who don't yeah. believe certain things are going to be judged and, you know, sent to this eternal burning lake of fire. Yeah. So, so I, I find it very, uh, very refreshing, you know, to read about this greater and grander plan that we're all a part of and whether we ascend, you know, into what the Arantia book calls the mansion worlds or some would call heaven, you know, it, it's our choice. You know, God is not barring anybody from the kingdom of heaven it's it's our choice whether the soul actually survives yeah. and goes there yeah and i and i liked your point about you know the rap god in in some other religions and the whole concept of hell you know it never never really sat with me even when i was a boy as a christian being raised in church you know i couldn't fathom how somebody could be tortured for eternity. Like, you know, we might do a crime on earth and you'll do your time in jail and, and then you're free. You'll learn your lesson while you're in jail. Well, to me, you know, God should have something similar. Like, you know, if I make a mistake, you know, even if it's an intentional mistake, if you steal something or you murder somebody, you know, there has to be a point of forgiveness somewhere along the way. And so that's, there's a lot of detail in the Rancher book about, you know, after Earth in the mansion worlds, and there's a lot of information about angels. And, and the thing that I like the most is the entire life and teachings of Jesus, which is part four of the Rancher book. It goes right from his birth right to his crucifixion and his resurrection. And there is conversations verbatim in that section. And so that's what I think uh, the world wants to hear. And, I, and I'm convinced that um, the world will hear that. Jesus said his words will be here forever. And so, you know, there there we have it. We've, we've got a book now that's, that's complete, and it's not distorted on his life and teachings. And it is important because uh, you and I, we actually uh, uh, kind of met uh, just recently on a Facebook page that has to do with the Urantia book. And uh, uh, one of the reasons I asked uh, Paul here to be on the show is one of the posts I was going to put uh, probably in a couple of days, uh, in that particular group on Facebook, was how how do we as Urantia book readers get a better a better idea, a a kinder version of Jesus to the world? You know, Jesus. You know, I was born and you know I was raised a Christian. My you know, my family didn't have religion when I was very young. They probably started going to church when I was third, fourth grade, somewhere along that line. And um, 
you know, at one point, you know, of course, you know, the love of God and Jesus is very kind and humble, but somewhere along the line, and, and I first went to a Methodist church and I was introduced to the, uh, what I call the angry Jesus, <laughs> you know, pretty, uh, pretty early on. And it, you know, uh, scared the hell out of me, you know, thinking that one wrong move and man, he's, he's, he's going to get me. But uh, I think that's really taken over in this, this day and age. You know, if you look on the internet, if you look on things like YouTube, it's all wrath and end of the world and hidden secret knowledge that God and Jesus expect us to know before the end of the world. And if we don't know it through these special ordained teachers, we're going to be swept away, you know, in the the flood of wrath and punishment. And I think that's just terrible, you know, and for sure. I think the world needs to get back to the Jesus of love and peace and who wants good for us. Yeah. He's on our side. He's he's cheering us on to, you know, make it to those mansion worlds. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious, um do you think everybody goes to the mansion worlds or do you think a small percentage go to the mansion worlds? Well, from what I understand in the the studies I've done on this, uh, some people will out and out reject God or anything to do with faith and goodness and love, you know, in this life. And, you know, that will be it. They, They won't get there, but that will be their choice. The Spirit of God or what the Urantia book calls the indwelling thought adjuster is always uh, nudging us toward making, you know, the decisions for the light. But if you reject, you know, and some will. I think a large majority of people, again, from what I understand, though they make mistakes, though they might uh, not walk so closely with God in this life or have kind of a a belief in God, but they don't, they're not really religious or spiritual. You know, I think those people will certainly have opportunity because, you know, I've heard where, you know, even in the mansion worlds, people will, will go there and then be given the opportunity to go onward. You know, do they want to go onward into their uh, eternal destiny with God or would they rather, uh, you know, just say it's well, for whatever reason, and I guess some will say this is not for me. I'd rather, I'd rather just go into non-existence. So I think most people will end up, you know, having that opportunity, uh, and yeah. some will just flat out reject and say no, never, you know. Yeah, that's uh, that's my belief too. I I believe that um, you get to make one. You don't have to make your decision here. Because there's, you know, for whatever reason, you just, I don't know, you ignore it because you're spending every minute of your time trying to survive. So, yeah, you know, I I think everybody has the ability to make the decision at one point or another, whether it's here or there. Yeah, I definitely think that, too. Because life is... One of the big differences I was going to mention about um, Jesus in the Bible and Jesus in the Arantia book, and it is problematic for a lot of Christians, 
And that would be not that Jesus is angry, but Jesus died for my sins. Right. Uh, When when I was a kid and I was in church before I found the Rancher book, if Jesus died for my sins and I believe in God and I profess to believe in Jesus, which I did, then that would mean I could go and, uh, you know, steal this chocolate bar and he's going to forgive me. There's not a problem. Or I could do whatever and Jesus is going to forgive me. Not that he's not going to forgive me, but he forgave me because he, on the sin, died on the cross. And so here, you know, we have God. God is saying, okay, Jesus, we're going to, you're going to take the sins of the world. You're, you're my son. And you're, uh, you know, you're a perfect individual, or you love me considerably, and we're going to let these, these Sanhedrin here hang you, us, every sins are forgiven. And, you know, that's a difficult concept for me to swallow. You know, I under, for me, and the Urantia book kind of spells out that, you know, Urantia, Jesus, he knew he was going to die. Specified several times he was going to die. He knew he was going to get resurrected. But he never really said that he's dying so that everybody's sins are forgiven. To me, he was he was railroaded by the Sanhedrin, and they wanted to get him one way or the other, and they were bound and determined to kill him and Lazarus. I might as well mention that as well. The two of them, they were condemned to die before even a trial. And Lazarus, Jesus knew that and gave Lazarus a heads up and he took off after he was resurrected and before Jesus was crucified. And then Jesus went right into the lion's den there and calm as a cucumber, took all the beatings, took all the abuses, and let mortal man kill him. Mm-hmm. And then raise himself up three days later. But that would have been enough. Like, you know, if we think about, you know, stuff that we have to endure because of our fellow man, you know, I don't think too many people had to endure worse than those few days or Friday, let's say, and he was arrested on Friday, or he was crucified on Friday and arrested on Thursday and now. That day of torture, he cried. I think that you know, right? Yeah, a, a lot of people, you know, that that read the Bible, they, you know, that's one of the issues they have with the Arantia book. They say, well, it doesn't uh, speak about the atonement, or you know, it leaves it out, which is such an important part of the the Christian doctrine but what a lot of people what a lot of people don't know uh, in actuality if you can uh, find a study on Christianity pre you know Roman Catholic Christianity which we don't have a lot of uh, a lot of what they believed because when the Roman Church became so big and pretty much gave people the uh, the choice convert to our form of Christianity or be put to death, uh, they killed a lot of those people, but also burned uh, their literature. You know, so right. that, 
you know, because to them, well, this is heretical. So, you know, the only literature yeah. people are going to be able to have access to is ours. And, but what we do know about uh, a lot of these early groups is that there was just not one version of Christianity. And this was very early on. Some people, uh, some groups believe that Jesus was the son of God. Others believe that he was, you know, a prophet, a master teacher. Others uh, did believe that he was crucified for our sins. Others just believe that, as the Arantia book states, he was killed by the authorities of his day. Uh, he was a great spiritual being from, you know, um, the kingdom of the heavens, you know, the son of God or a son of God. And, you know, that he was resurrected. You know, so there were a lot of different ideas about Jesus and, and what what the uh, atonement was, what the crucifixion was. Um, and not everybody across the board believed this idea that, you know, he shed his blood for our sins. You know, it was afterwards with the Catholic Church, you know, uh, said that they made that, you know, doctrine and, you know, you have to believe in it. But before that, you know, it, it just uh, was not so across the board at all. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was the uh, two pillars of Jesus and, they, you know, there was Paul. And, uh, you know, he was convinced of it. And same with the apostles, Peter, a lot of the the apostles found it difficult to understand what Jesus meant when, you know, he said he was going to die and then be resurrected and come again. And so they always said, oh, he's going to come again and establish them on the throne of David. And, but the Arantia book clearly states that that's a misunderstanding. He's not going to be sitting on any throne on the world. It's not going to be a second coming and he's going to sit on the throne of David. His, his kingdom is spiritual. Mm -hmm. kingdom is, is, is not of this world. Well, that, that's a really good point to make because um, the rabbis, you know, in, in the Jewish religion, uh, you know, their Messiah is someone who is a bit of a warrior, you know, he's, and he's a man, he's a human being, he is not uh, born of heaven or a heavenly being. And uh, they were looking for him in the days of Jesus, you know, that he was going to come and set them free from the rule of the uh, the Roman Empire, you know, and establish the seed of David. So he, he is kind of like they're the Jewish Messiah is like a soldier and a king. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, Jesus uh, kind of said different times, even in the, the biblical writings, you know, my kingdom is not of this world. And in the Arantia book, you know, in the, the Jesus papers, uh, where it says he, he uh, thought and stated many times that, you know, he was not this Jewish Messiah that was going to uh, wage war and, as you said, sit on the throne of David, uh, that that was not his mission. You know, so I, I find that very interesting, too, that um, the, uh, the idea... You know, speaking, about, speaking about his mission was to reveal God. That was his mission, to reveal his Father to the world, not to come here and be a sacrificial lamb. And, and his apostles had great difficulty. You see, you can understand, you know, they're in their 30s, they're, 
you know, maybe their 20s and 30s, but, you know, they were adults anyway, and and they would have their established Jewish training and beliefs, just like we would have. And, um, you know, they couldn't get away from the idea that, you know, Jesus was going to Jesus, they agreed, Peter agreed that Jesus was the Son of God, and he equated that to the Messiah, and so he always thought he was going to sit on the throne of David, and he's coming soon, and he's been coming soon since I've been a boy, yeah. <laughs> and he'll be, coming, he'll be coming soon, you know, 50 generations from now, they'll be still saying he's coming soon, but he will, he's not, I'm not saying he's not going to come again, but... You know, in the Arantia book, it states, you know, when we hit light in life, in other words, when I think, uh, I don't know if it's 100% or 95% or, you know, a great many people anyway believe in God and follow and try and follow to his example. When we hit the era of light in life, there's a jubilation, and I, I believe that's when Jesus will come back and everybody will see him know he's back and he'll be recognized don't think he's going to be coming back or you're not a horse and destroying all the evil mm. it's, that's not the way the Arantia book teaches it it's well worth reading it's a difficult read I'm not saying it's not a difficult read for, you know first few times I read the book you definitely need a dictionary beside you and um but it's well worth the effort for sure. And part four is the easiest creed. Like, you know, the, the book, uh, I spent probably two years trying to crack that forward and finally gave up on it. <laughs> and so, so, you know, I, I wouldn't recommend somebody to start up front. You know, if you're, if you're familiar with the life and teachings of Jesus at all, you know, I would start with part four, which is the life and teachings of Jesus and then... And then if you're interested in the history of the world, then you can go to part B. And then if you're interested in, uh, you know, Jesus's domain, then you can go to part two. And then if you really want to know about paradise and the universal father, that's when you're going to go into part one. And so, you know, everybody's different. I know individuals that started on paper one and went right through to paper 196 mm-hmm. and didn't have a problem. But I remember the first time I was reading in part two is Jesus' domain, the local universe. It was like I was walking through thick fog. You know, I didn't really understand what I was reading, but I knew the more often I read it, the more I would understand. And, and that's the case today. Yeah, to be an old man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely very uh, dense language, but uh, there are books out there that can kind of give us a better understanding too i know one book that i i purchased is called the story of everything and uh it's basically it's basically a synopsis of all the books of the urantia book encapsulated uh kind of breaking it down what it's all about so well that's that's probably a recommendation for a beginner yeah yeah so people who are about to dive in you know might want to uh uh, take a look at something uh, of that nature to to help get a, a better grasp because it is it is very thick language and people could say I don't understand this I, I don't want to read this book. Yeah, well, you know, you know, you know, stuff that's uh, well worth it is you know it's not going to be an easy thing usually. Usually, you know, it takes effort. 
you know, I read the Arantia book probably at least 20 times now, and it's, you know, every time you're reading, you get more out of it. The first time, like I said, it was, you know, first parts of the book, it's like walking through fog. I didn't really understand anything. But, um, you know, if, you're, if, you, if you want to believe in God, this is the book to, to spend your time on, because it'll help you for sure. It will, and and you know, I I also wanted to uh, go back to something that you said uh, just a little while ago uh, about Jesus, you know, coming on the the white horse and you know destroying all the evil, which is really uh, you know imagery from uh, the Book of Revelation, and uh, you know, uh, to the listener of the show, you know, we're not here to tear down the Bible or anybody's beliefs, but just give a you know a different. Uh, a bit of a different angle on things that, that some people might might not be aware of, you know, when we get into religion and, you know, what is Holy Scripture and uh, the book of Revelation, it says it's written by St. John the Divine. And uh, most people, you know, we, we say, okay, well, that was John the Apostle. But the history of that book, we don't really know who St. John the Divine is at all. And uh, during the early councils of uh, the Roman Church, there was uh, great arguments about the Book of Revelation being in the canon of Scripture, and a lot of people said, uh, you know, it was garbage. You know, it was uh, it had no place, you know, in the uh, the Bible. And it's it's said that the Book of Revelation was made it into the the canon by the skin of its teeth. And when Luther broke away. When Luther broke away from the Catholic Church, he uh, when he did his version of the Bible, of course, he took out the apocryphal books, and he also threw out the Book of Revelation. He said it was trash, but then he later brought he later on brought it back. You know, so it really is a book that has a lot of uh, question marks hanging over it. Yeah, but I think the Rancher, I think the Rancher book indicates, uh, you know. The Book of Revelation was by the Apostle John Zebedee, lived to be 101, wrote a lot of it with his uh, writer, Nathan. But uh, before the first um, script was even copied, I think it was around one-third of it was lost. So, you know, it's it's not complete. And, it, you know, as a, you know... As it is, you know, nothing humans touch can be considered, in my opinion, as as holy. Like, right. you know, mortals aren't holy. Jesus didn't leave any writings on purpose because he knew it'd probably get distorted. You know, now the Arantia book, granted, you know, it's not Jesus writing it, but it is uh, entities that, you know, have not lived on earth. And uh, people that were present during Jesus' lifetime, you know, and so, you know, I guess, you know, you just have to explore it, and I think it'll speak to the soul of people that give it a chance, rather than putting the walls up immediately and say, oh, this is different from what I believe, and so I'm going to close the book. Right. Now, now, what would you say to people, because that's also another good point about the Arantia book. Some people uh, I've heard say, well, you know, I don't want to read it because, uh, you know, first they think it was, uh, it's a channeled work, you know, but then once you, you kind of get them past that and say, well, it, it really wasn't, 
uh, a channeled work. You know, um, they'll say, well, you know, these entities that uh, materialized and wrote the book, uh, we don't know who they were. They could have been demons, you know, so they have a fear that it was written by decept- right. deceptive spirits. What would you say to those people to maybe... Um, yeah, well, I got two things. First of all, uh, you know, my brother's a little older than me, and and when I brought the book into the family, you know, I gave it to him to see what his opinion was, and uh, I rem- and you know, and he was he was going to Bible classes, uh, you know, as a university student, and I knew that part four was a way to teach. So I asked him, you know, well, maybe take this to your Bible class and see what they think. And he wasn't going to do that. And, and I asked him why. And he said, well, you know, I'm not going to touch that book. He says, you know, your or the Bible's been here for 2,000 years. It's a step. I'm not going to gamble with my eternal life. And I could understand that fear. After I wasn't really an advocate too much of the Urantia book at that point. I hadn't read it several times or even once at that point. And, um... So I can understand people's fear or apprehension on that respect. And then when you look at the table of contents and you look at the authors, and if you're not familiar who the authors are, you know, first time I looked at it, like I had mentioned to you earlier, I was saying to myself, only in California would you find something like this. <laughs> but, um, you know, nothing is impossible for God. Nothing is impossible for God. When Jesus was here, he was trying to expand our... Uh, our concept of God to love and mercy and not a jealous God. Like, you know, in one of his, in his discussions with the apostles, he talks about the evolution of God in the, in the Bible, saying, you know, I can't remember all the words, old him, and he was a God, a raffle God, and then you get to, you know, and then he's talking about it, and then he talks about his job, and his job was to reveal God as a loving father. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that's a totally different concept than a wrathful God. A loving father, if he's, you know, he's, I don't know. But anyway, so yeah, like, you know, as far as being channeled, you know, what I say is, you know, when I read a textbook, you know, at the authorship, and if the guy is a doctorate in whatever his subject is, I give him a lot more credence than if, if the uh, if the author is a layman, and so with the Arantia book, there's no verification of the authorship. But to discard it completely is would have been foolish in my perspective because first of all, it gave me great confidence in the existence of God. And, God. and what I would say to individuals then is, I would say, you know. Read part four, if you're familiar with the life of Jesus. Take any paper in the Arantia book that interests you and, and read it. And you'll discover that, and even if you don't discover, but your soul will be responding to the truth of what you're reading. And you can consciously reject that truth, but your soul will recognize truth when it sees it. And that's why I'd say, you know, I give the uh, Urantia book to friends of mine, and I tell them, first of all, skip the foreword, and skip the authorship. Just read and let it resonate within your soul. 
And that's probably the best advice I can give to somebody that's never heard or read about the Arantia book. Yeah, I think that's, uh, I think it's good advice. And I also think, you know, people that fear that it may have been produced by deceptive uh, entities or demons, you know, you, you have to read it and see how much emphasis it puts on following God, on, you know, following the teachings of Jesus. You know, if, if these were deceptive, you know, beings, you know, trying to put one over on humanity, uh, wouldn't it be uh, better to uh, preach a different God or uh, give us a complete... Or not even, or not even justify God. That's Lucifer's, uh, you know, that was Lucifer's uh, call. You know, there is no universal father. God is, there is no God. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, so, you know, if it's a deceptive force... That's what they called Jesus. Jesus they told the, the populace then that Jesus was, uh, you know, doing his work by the devil of Beelzebub. Yep. And, you know, then Jesus would respond, well, how can, you know, if, if, if Beelzebub or the devil is casting out, that's a house divided, and a house divided can't stand. And, you know, there's truth to that. And that, going back to something you had said about fear, and, I, and my brother, too, I was saying, you know, and I never did finish that part, but you know, he said he didn't want to gamble with his feet, you know, with his eternal life. I didn't blame him, and, you know, so there's a fear concept there. But, uh, you know, Jesus said, you know, you don't need to fear anything or anyone. Somebody might be able to kill your body. After that, they have no more power over you. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, fear is a big a big problem with the human race today. They, they're instilled with fear for all kinds of things, and religion's a big one, and they do that to keep us within their grasp. You know, if you don't do this, you're going to hell. If you don't do this, you're not going to be part of God's kingdom. But uh, not in my books. I don't fear, I don't fear anything. No. No, me neither. But I know I... I'm going to heaven, just like everybody else. I think everybody else is going to heaven, too. Even if they don't realize it, I think they're going to heaven. I'm one of the few ranch book readers that believe that everybody is going to heaven. You know, in the, uh, I I think we had a a discussion once, or maybe read it in the ranch book, it's so big and thick. But the thought adjuster, which is the fragment of God that dwells within every mortal, and is the pilot for the soul. If that thought adjuster, if that fragment of God leaves that mortal, that doesn't mortal isn't going to have eternal life. Mm-hmm. The Son, which is Jesus, you can still fuse with the Spirit of Truth and still have eternal life in Jesus's kingdom. You just wouldn't be making it all the way to the Father's kingdom, which is paradise. But still, you're going to wake up. I think everybody is going to wake up, no matter how evil they are or on this planet. I, I, that's just what I believe. could be wrong, but that's just what I like to believe. I like to believe everybody is doing the best they can with the resources they have. And some people's resources are very few and distorted, but they're doing the best they can. Yeah, it's it's a really good point, and you know, I'm I'm a person. I've um, 
I've studied near-death experiences for, geez, probably over 20 years now. And a lot of people say, well, it's just the, um, the symptoms of a dying brain, you know, lack of oxygen. But uh, there's a lot of science uh, behind this, people that study it, uh, institutions, you know, doctors that were atheists that heard so much about this uh, phenomenon. They, they wanted to know exactly what's going on, and they still don't. But there's a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, things that happen there that go beyond the explanations of hallucinations, dreams, Sure, or, sure. Or, you know, you know, and I have, I got an atheist friend on a little different topic, you know, and he's, you know, he's, he, you know, if he can't see it, it's not real, you know, right? Granted, you'll say, you know, wind can show manifestations, but if, if you don't, if there's nothing in the, on, in the air to show the presence of wind, you probably wouldn't know there's wind either. But there is, there is actually, um, my opinion, there is evidence of, spirituality in each mortal, and that would be the mind. The mind is not the brain. The mind is a, is a bestowal to the mortal, as is the personality. No personality is mean. It's not the brain. I believe that the mind and the personality are spiritual, are spiritual characteristics, and they're going to go with you when you go on to the mansion worlds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, uh, just what I was gonna say, you know, as far as the these very loving, uh, positive experiences people have, uh, you know, when when they've died, they've been clinically dead. Some people for you know fifteen twenty minutes, and they come back, and they don't have brain damage or organ failure, which wow. is a miracle in itself. But you know, Absolutely. all of these people, like you were saying, you know, that whether they were Christian, whether they were Muslim, Buddhist, atheist. You know, yeah. uh, they've all had these very loving encounters and came back right. saying, I believe in this, this God of love, you know, God is love, love is everything, you know? Yeah. So I don't think what you're saying yeah. about everybody making it is, uh, so far out in the weeds that it's unbelievable. Yeah. I, I think it's very plausible, you know, that yeah. we think we have it all wrapped up. What's going to happen to us or everybody else with our religions, but yeah. What, what do we know on this rock we're currently floating around on? You know? <laughs> yeah. That's right, you know, and so, you know, Jesus said, God, you know, just ask for forgiveness and, you know, you'll get forgiveness. And, you know, well, let's, example, you know, there's two guys in prison and they're both murderers and the one is remorseful of his conduct and the other is not and he's still angry. And, and so, well, let's say they're, really angry, but I'd say they're both going to get hung in five hours, and the one decides, oh, well, you know, well, like the guy on the cross next to Jesus, you know, one was ridiculing Jesus, saying, well, why don't you save us, and the other said, you know, well, remember me in your paradise, and Jesus says to him, you know, I will dine with you in, in paradise. But the other guy that doesn't, you know, I'm not saying that that guy, Jesus doesn't condemn him, just basically ignores him. But that guy there, you know, he, you know, mortals are so young in far, as far as the growth of their souls. Their souls are only born, you know, 
basically at age six. Your answer book teaches somewhere around age six. Once you make your first moral decision, you know, then your 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 soul comes into existence, thanks to God. And that is the embryo of your spiritual being. But, you know, let's suppose you don't get a soul. We could discuss that, but we won't go into that. But if a guy doesn't change his mind and he gets killed in a car accident at 13, but he, if you would have looked into the future, and God could look into the future, and if the guy made a turn differently and he lived to be 60, it was makes, makes his turn at 35, you know, the guy at 13 didn't get the chance. So, you know, does that mean that that's it for him? To me, it's, uh, I, I can, I can, I can live with the concept that everybody goes to heaven. And then from there, you know, let the judgment uh, guy there, you know, I don't know. I just, I just believe God forgives everybody. Just believe that. Well, that's one that I always thought about, uh, even when I was, uh, you know, knee deep in, uh, you know, evangelical Christianity at one point, you know, I, I, I never could come to grips with the idea that somebody could be a really good, loving person and God was going to send them to hell because maybe they were a Buddhist. They didn't, uh, believe in Jesus, you know, or like you were saying, you know, somebody's 15, 16, 20, you know, they're young, they're stupid, you know, they're, they're making mm -hmm. bad decisions and they end up dying in a car accident or, you know, yeah. some such they're thing. They're just not interested, right? Yeah, I mean, so is God going to look at those people and say, ah, sorry, buddy, in that short period of time, you know, you're going to shake and bake in hell. It, it, it just didn't, uh, I, <laughs> I, I couldn't, bake in hell. I couldn't, I couldn't see God, you know, being that way. You know, he's much more just, much more knowledgeable and much more loving. Yeah. Then we give him credit for we, we we make God in our image too many times rather than letting God be God. That's right. That's right. This concept of anger that's not a divine characteristic. That's a mortal characteristic. Yeah, you know the things that you know written in the Old Testament. You know, God is a man of war, and you know it, it all lends to this idea that he's well he's just like us he hates who we hate he likes what we like you know he believes what we believe and everybody else is out on the fringes waiting to be judged you know yeah 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 but that's not the way jesus portrays it that's you know that's one of the reasons why i like to promote uh, the stories of jesus in the arantia book is is because uh you know he the way you know, follow his example and and listen to his teachings. Definitely, absolutely. But my friend, we are uh, about running out of time for our show here. So, uh, where can people uh, find your stories of Jesus? Uh, where where can they look at these videos? So I've got the videos. I post a new video every day on Facebook called Stories of Jesus in the Urantia Book. Right, and I will leave a link to that in the podcast description so people can, uh, can yeah. look in it. And, and it really is a great uh, primer if you've never read the Urantia Book and you 
you know, you want to start getting a little bit of, um, uh, for lack of a better word, flavor for, you know, uh, the stories of Jesus as presented in the Arantia book. They're, they're very short. Some of them are like a minute, under a minute. You know, some are a couple minutes long. So they're not long and tedious, but they're very, uh, I think they're really well done. I, I do enjoy watching them. Oh, I thank you, Paul. appreciate that. Hey, anytime. It's been man. a pleasure. Been yeah. a pleasure. Yeah, this if was... Uh, any listeners there uh, go to visit... Uh, the site, send me a message. Let me know. Yeah, I'd say definitely go over, watch, comment, let him, let Paul know that you're uh, checking out his work. I think, uh, I think it's a great. Heard it on the podcast. Yep, and I think it's a great way to get that uh, more loving Jesus back into people's lives, rather than all this wrath and hate and division that that uh, religion has evolved into in so many of the sects you know it's time to get rid of the fear and darkness and get back to love and light and this is a good way to do it yeah amen paul all right paul call it a day yes sir well thank you and i hope we get to talk again sometime yeah thanks for doing the show and uh yeah maybe i thought this was a great conversation that made a lot of great points and uh you know, maybe we'll have uh, another conversation on another topic from the book, uh, you know, in the future. Sure. be my pleasure. All right. And everybody out there, I thank you for listening. As always, I hope you got something out of the podcast today. Until next time, stay safe, stay well, and I'll see you next time here on the Mind's Eye Podcast.